and welcome to our World Cup Netball Nation special. And once again, we're being sponsored by the fantastic femalefirst.co.uk, who aim to empower, inspire and entertain readers with the latest news in entertainment, sports and lifestyle. Right, the guys at Female First are our first ever sponsor, so thank you so much for that. And they've been supporting us for the last couple of weeks, so thank you so, so much. And if you, our Netball Nation family, haven't had a chance to check out the website yet, please do. It's great. It's a good one for when you get up first thing in the morning and you want to catch up with everything and have a good read. Uh, so yeah, thank you once again to Female First for supporting the show. I'm joining the studio by the lovely Maggie. Hi, Mag. Oh, the lovely Maggie. I'll have that. Hello. I, I'm not going to lie. It says it here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. We love you, Mags. And very shortly, we're going to have our very own BBC superstar, Sarah, on the phone all the way from Liverpool. Obviously got so much action to talk to her about, so I can't wait to get her on. Uh, now, on our World Cup bonus episode, we're going to speak to Julie Smith, who's currently volunteering at the Netball World Cup. And she's got the amazing job of looking after the, the Zimbabwe netball team. So we can't wait to hear from Julie about her experience over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we're also going to be catching up on a, a fascinating week of fixtures, which includes the Roses victory against Jamaica, an epic battle between Australia and New Zealand. And of course, last night's group deciding clash between the Roses and South Africa. So, Mags, are you ready? I'm ready. Welcome to Netball Nation. Let's do this. Right, first of all, Julie, we're going to have a quick chat with you. So welcome to Netball Nation. Thank you very much. How are you? Is is everything going well for you? It's going fantastically. Barely slept in two weeks, but I'm having the time of my life. (laughs) Running on adrenaline, adrenaline, Julie, we like (laughs) it. Now, I know you're a fan of the show, so you might have heard us giving Zimbabwe some love on last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, We think they've had a truly fantastic tournament and we love that their fans are absolutely crazy. crazy. (laughs) They are crazy (laughs) and that that, is brilliant. Now, you must have had the most amazing Amazing time being their team liaison contact. What's it been like? Oh, crazy. <laughs> um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's their first World Cup, as everybody knows. Um, and so we've been learning a lot every day. The team, the management have all been learning about protocols, about warm-up routines, about Primark. They have had a lot <laughs> of fun. <laughs> Love that. Um, uh, Julie, what do you think Zimbabwe's performance in this competition is going to do for netball there, sort of moving forward now? I think it's going to do it masses um their deputy minister of sport has been over um she wasn't even due but she got so excited watching it that she flew over to wow Boston. love um, that their, yeah their netball president has been here the whole time she's buzzing um i know the fans back home are putting polite pressure on all the big the big wigs over there saying you need to invest more in this come on you know where's this going so i'm excited for the next four to six months to see what you know how how big the sponsors can get, how big the support can get for the team back home. Yeah, because there's a lot of love shown for them already. Uh, Julie, we're excited for you as well. And obviously, you've been volunteering throughout the competition. What's that been like? And I want to know, would you recommend it? I've got a feeling that you will. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, being a team liaison is just the biggest privilege because we're there day in, day out. We see the behind the scenes. We see what the teams go through. Um, each team has a very different way of preparing and it's just fascinating watching all the different techniques, different styles, different different cultures. You know, the Zim girls are singing constantly backstage, which sometimes throws the more, let's say, professional nations you know, who just aren't used to that. So, you know, we're there singing and dancing down the corridor and they're sort of looking at us going, am I supposed to join in with this? Oh, am I supposed yeah, to be you professional? are. And we're like, come on, girls, here's the dance we do. So um, it, just volunteering overall has been incredible. The organisation has been brilliant um volunteers have been really well looked after people have different shifts and um, even those in the bowl and outside the bowl are rotating so all you know they're all getting to see a bit of, of live action 
um, people are loving our uniforms. Um, for example, the New Zealand team were so grateful. They gave some of the girls backstage bags of sweets just to say thank you. So, um, you know, we we know the volunteers are being appreciated. And Julie, um, can I just sort of say to you, so we dispel any sort of myths about the fact that, you know, that the volunteers are there and it's all paid for. I know for a fact that, Volunteer means volunteer, and you have paid yourself to be there. So that's your yeah. holidays, you know, that you've yeah. used. You pay for your own accommodation, and it's absolutely. just the fact that you absolutely love the sport, which which takes you there. <sighs> absolutely right. And um, there's volunteers staying staying in student digs, staying in hotels. Some are sleeping on each other's floors. Um, I'm very lucky that a friend of a friend of a friend had a house, so I'm actually staying in a beautiful house in a suburb. Um, but yeah, all the volunteers are just there for the love of the sport and to be a part, you know, a small piece of this massive, massive um, event that's going on. It's incredible to have that much passion. And also, Julie, oh. uh, we need to mention that you're a trustee um, of the uh, an Africa Coordinator and the Netball Development Trust. Quite a wordy title, yeah. that sounds very important. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we've actually spoken about these on the show before. Can you just recap what the charity does and let us know how you got involved with them? Yeah, so Netball Development Trust started, um, when we first started in 2011, 2012, we were, in inverted commas, just d- d- delivering netball out in Uganda, Kenya. Um, we then saw the power that netball has with the kids, with, with the, the young leaders out there. So we now ensure that all our programs have an educational uh, sort of twist, but on the, on the ground of um, sexual health messages. So, for example, one of our Ugandan projects, working with a fantastic local partnership, um, we just started a, uh, a project there using netball but to teach the kids and um, openly discuss gender-based violence um, and our Kenyan project at the moment is focusing on youth pregnancies and all the myths that go around that just to to empower the kids girls and boys um, to teach them to get them discussing issues but then the perk is they then get to play netball afterwards. Julie who's um, driving this who you know is it something that's done within the country itself it is now we've got some amazing volunteers out there. Um, it started out as very much Monica and myself um, sort of pushing it and UK volunteers coming out with us. But a lot of what we do now is train the trainer. So when, when we go out to, we've got projects now in Ghana, Kenya and Uganda, we spend a lot of time with the young leaders and with the local volunteers. So they are then empowered. They now run these projects for us. Um, we've got two local community projects, in one in Ghana, one in Uganda, who do a lot of work. We've just got an incredible group of, of human beings in Kenya who just do it voluntarily. You know, we're back to the, you know, the volunteer power of the volunteer. Amazing. Julie, um, that is unbelievable. How can how can the Netball Nation family help? How can we support this, the work that you do it? There's quite a few different ways. Um, a lot of people will know we do kit collections. Um, so we've got, for example, Mags, we've got some Yorkshire Jets kit in Uganda, right. Kenya yeah. and Ghana now. <laughs> you know, um, we, we've got dozens of sets of kits from schools and clubs um, from across the UK um, out there. We occasionally do trainer amnesties. Um, last summer, um, Community Buchanan organised um, a trainer amnesty down in Mavericks and brought out hundreds of pairs of trainers. We're a charity, so obviously we need cash. You know, we need hard cash for these guys you know, to, to pay for their expenses, to pay for their travel, their phone data, um, we've actually just recruited our first paid member of staff in Kenya, which blows our mind. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Um, we're, we're now paying a data analyst and a sexual health nurse to help, again, to train up the locals. So the, the legacy is there then that our young leaders can then lead these projects for us in the future. 
That is truly is, remarkable, Julie. Honestly, it's amazing. Okay. Right, thank you so much for your time. We wish you all the best of luck with all that you're doing for the Netball Development Trust in the future. Incredible organisation, and we will help in whatever way we can. Thank you, Julie. Wonderful. Take care, Julie. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Pick up the Zimbabwe team. <laughs> no, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Right, we are joined on the phone by our BBC superstar, Sarah Bayman. Hello, you. Hello. Now, now the ladies, we're just going to hit the ground running here. What an incredible week we've had. Let's firstly go back in time to Monday evening, which was a massive match for both the Roses and Jamaica, which also followed Jamaica's earlier defeat to South Africa, which meant they were really gunning for England. Uh, more importantly, they needed the win to put themselves in contention to finish in the top two of Group G. Now, as we know, England took the win 48-56, but it was a well-contested game, wasn't it? Especially in the first half, Max. Oh, it was just unbelievable. We knew that it was going to be a bad of the Giants and uh, as you know wrongly now I know <laughs> I kind of picked Jamaica for being up there but we knew that one of the top five were going to have to fall yeah and in those circumstances it had to be Jamaica it could not be England um yeah Jamaica brought the game to them you know they've got the powerhouses at both ends of the court uh, we always knew that they were going to struggle a little bit with the the link between the middle yeah. going to both ends um and, you know, the shooting power of Fowler Reed at the end. But, you know, England did such a good job they did. in shutting down the opportunities to Fowler Reed. What an English defence we have. It really was. And to say that Jamaica were tipped as front runners of this competition, they've had a fairly disappointing World Cup, haven't they, Sarah? Do you think the fact that they haven't been involved in any tests against the top teams has maybe hindered their preparations? Yeah, I think it has. And I think I've said a few times, I, I just don't think they've prepared properly for this, if mm. I'm being honest. I think they came into Liverpool late, um, like they obviously had, a, I don't know, a 10 days maybe together or something, but they just they just don't look like they've had the same preparation that other nations have. And then in the interviews they've been given in the last couple of days, the players just do not seem happy. So I wouldn't be surprised if if there's a sacking of the coach and a few things changed in that in that Jamaica squad because they do do not do not seem like a happy bunch at all. It's it's a real shame. How, how do you think then, off the back of this, they sort of rebuild and come back stronger for the Commonwealth Games in 2021? Well, they they've got the the core of the team that did so well at Commonwealth Games last year, and um, so I think it's just about putting them together. They've just got to. You know, get a coach that can can make them work together. Can you know give them a bit of strategy, a bit of a bit of structure to work to. And it's not a massive job, I don't think. I think it's just Jamaica are a very emotional team. So if if things aren't great in camp, you see it directly reflected on court. So you've just got to get someone in there, you know, who's going to give them a bit of confidence, get them going again, and and they'll be fine. I think we do genuinely feel for we them. We do, we do feel for them. And uh, having read uh, a little piece that is one of the Jamaican uh, newspapers, it seems to be a bit of a blame culture going on. You know, the captain, uh, Fowler, was uh, interviewed and the, the, the context of her, her piece to the paper was about not tr the coach not knowing what she's doing, the fact that the coach, you know, should be blamed for this. She talked about, you know, I hope I don't get blamed for it and then I lose my captaincy or, you know, get tipped out of the team. And, and it's really, really strange to hear those sorts of interviews, which tell you that there is clearly a blame culture in somebody's head. It's going to roll. That's not healthy. It's that not is not healthy for any of them as not individuals as well as a no. team. Um, we've also had some close games this week with Samoa beating Fiji by just one goal, 55-54, and Uganda beating Trinidad and Tobago, 57-54. It is so good to see such in close encounters 
encounters, isn't it, between these teams? Another great advert as well for the sport on the international stage, isn't Absolutely. it? It really is. Yeah, I think I think so. And the beginning of the week, you know, I'm not saying it's boring, but people don't really want to watch. <laughs> but, but I'm saying it's people boring. People don't really want to watch teams get smashed by 30, 40, 50 goals. And now it's getting like towards the middle and end of the week. You're getting one goal games, you're getting draws, you're getting the teams matched up really well against each other. And this is the bit you love because this is when, you know, the pressure's on and you see what teams are about. Absolutely. And you're right, it is. It's more exciting to watch. And following their one goal match, Samoa and Fiji then went on to win their next two group games. Uh, so they're definitely going to be pleased with their performance in the tournament. Sadly though uh, for Northern Ireland and Scotland they went on to lose against New Zealand and South Africa by quite heavy margins as you were just touching on there Sarah. Uh, putting the scores mm -hmm. aside for a moment how much will Scotland and Northern Ireland learn from playing against the top teams on the world stage? Well, well, it, it's all learning. I think when we spoke to Dan Ryan and he talked about what his expectations were for his Northern mm. Ireland team, he said he had quite clear goals as to where they needed to be. He never shared with us exactly what they were, mm. but, you know, he's no fool. He accepts and understands that when you're coming up against the likes of Australia, you know, nobody expects them to win, no. but they do have targets that they set for their squad and as individuals as to where they want to be. I hope he's achieved them. Um, Sarah, how do you think Dan and the girls are going to be feeling after that? Um, I, I, I mean, those games are not expected to win. I think the disappointment for Northern Ireland was losing to Zimbabwe. Mm. So now Northern Ireland are in a ninth, tenth playoff. Really, they would have been wanting to be in a seventh, eighth playoff. And you look at their side of the draw that they had, and you were like, you, you would have thought that they were a shoe in for that seventh, eighth playoff. So I think they'll be disappointed in that. But on the flip side of that, Zimbabwe have been incredible. So oh, um, not I know, I know. But also, yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone was supporting them. So yeah. Well, well, we've had Julie Smith on the phone, who's been volunteering over there, and she's just had the time of her life with them, hasn't she? She really has. Uh, now, in, in positive news for Northern Ireland, they have had their first ever World Cup victory against Barbados, who they beat forty six forty three. So that is a good positive to them. Well done to Dan and the girls for that. Also, Scotland managed to come back against Trinidad and Tobago and get a last second goal to earn a 43-43 draw in their game yesterday. So that does show improvement for them, doesn't it, during the competition? Well, it just shows that, you know, they can be down, but they can close a game out and they yeah. can come back strong. Um, you know, I suppose there are those who would say that, you know, you shouldn't really believe in it till the last dying second. But, no. But as Sarah mentioned earlier, the games or the squads now or the teams are where they should be within the competition. So they are matching up against kind of like equals. And so mm -hmm. it is going to be a bit of a fight as to who comes out victorious. Exactly. Uh, now, as expected, England did the business against Trinidad and Tobago and got the win 72-46, uh, which guaranteed them a semi-final spot. Ooh, yes, ooh, girls. Ooh. Uh, how hard is it for the squad to go from a big game against Jamaica, getting the win, then making sure that they perform and they're on form and stick to task in a game that they'd be expected to win. Sarah? Uh, I think it was I think it was difficult because they also had a rest day in between and yeah. as much as you want a rest day, it's actually quite quite hard to come off a rest day and play well because you sort of like decompress a little bit and then you've got to get going again. And I think it was nice that they had that Trinidad game rather than one of the big teams um, on that day because they, they didn't play great against Trinidad let's be honest they they were up and down they they kind of did what they had to but I don't think they would have been overly impressed with themselves um, but at the same time they didn't need to be at, at 100% so it was nice for them to sort of get a warm up into the South Africa game um, because then they were purring come last night for South Africa. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, moving on to yesterday's games as well. Firstly, the one we were all 
waiting for. I know we were chatting about it here on Netball Nation. Australia against New Zealand. Now, both teams were undefeated going into this game. So this was to decide who would finish first and second in Group F. Now, ladies, the game did not disappoint, did it? Australia took a narrow victory, 50-49. But it really, that could have gone either way. It could have been a draw. It really could. Just it a missed goal at the end. That was that was kind of like edge of your seat stuff. What did you make of the changes made during the game, Sarah? Well, I mean, Australia didn't make many. They put Paige Hadley to wing defence, which I thought was quite an odd change, if I'm being honest. I thought Jamie Lee Price was doing a decent job. Um, New Zealand made more changes. And some of them, you were sort of like, oh, I'm not sure about that. But my, like in Nolene, we trust because that woman knows what she is doing. And every change she made seemed to have a, have an impact. I was a little bit worried about what they were going to do at wing attack because it felt like they needed a change. And Shannon Saunders isn't an out-and-out wing attack, but I thought she did a really, really good job for them. And like you say as well, with Nolene, she really has done well because they've been going goal for goal with what's considered sort of the best team in the world. Now, moving over to Group G and last night's clash between England and South Africa Oh, we all recovered. Is everyone feeling all right after that? <laughs> yeah. uh, incredible performance from the home side to get a 58-47 victory against a strong South Africa team. How impressed were you, Mags, with that performance? I don't think it was a perfect performance, um, but it was a quality performance. Um, the defence through to midcourt, just on form, mm. bringing the ball through. Defence did an amazing job. I've been so impressed with them. A um, little bit. I, want to, I don't want to use the word concern, but the, the shooting circle not quite hitting where they had been. The mm -hmm. same sort of carry-on when they played against um, Jamaica. A uh, little bit of confusion in the circle with our shooters. Um, you know, I think that scene where we saw Tracy Neville with her hands on her head saying, yeah. just shoot the ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, you know, I'm not quite sure. But then you've got to think about the defensive units that they're playing against. You know, we've got South Africa defensive circle mm -hmm. defence who are playing in Suncorp. You know, awesome defence. And then the Jamaican defenders, circle defenders, you know, they were, they were on fire as well. Yeah. So our shooters were up against it. But, you know, they did the bizzle, did what they needed to do. Great result and good old Serena. My oh, God, does absolutely. that girl put her body on the line? Yeah, you're not kidding. Just amazing. Now, South Africa's head coach, Norma, uh, Norma Plummer, said in a post-match interview that, well, she basically implied England had handled the big game pressure better than South Africa. Do you agree with that, Sarah? Yeah, I do. And I, I, I think I said going into that match, I thought England would win because South Africa was so excited to be in the semi-finals that I don't think they can continue to get up for massive matches. Mm. You know, they playing Jamaica was huge for them and then they beat them. And now they know they've got two big matches because they've got a semi-final and then either a final or a third, fourth place playoff. I think the England match was a, a little bit like, you know, we can't we can't win everything. We've got to pick our battles here. Yeah. Um, and then they lost Bongi to an injury early on and that kind of puts a big dent in their team. And I thought Norma Plummer was, you know, had a lot of perspective about it. You know, it wasn't worth risking Bongi in that match because it didn't matter as much as the games to come. Yeah. Um, and, and England are used to being in this situation. They, they're used to being in semi-finals. They're also used to playing big games and they've got m so many more players who have got that experience under their belt in South Africa that actually that was probably just a great learning experience for South Africa going into a massive semi-final. Yeah, I think that's very, I think that's really fair actually, Sarah. Uh, that result means that England have finished uh, top of Group G. Uh, so they're going to face New Zealand in their semi-final on Saturday and South Africa will come up against Australia. So Sarah, New Zealand have shown that they can come back from six goals against Australia and nearly win the game. Do you think they now pose a real threat against the Roses? Yeah, I think they do because they look like a completely different team to, in Commonwealth mm. games. Like the, the confidence that they've got and they were six goals down at half time and 
like you'd think, right, the game's gone. Australia are now going to run away with this. And just to hang on in there and continue to fight and play so well in the second half, that's a different mentality to what the Kiwis had last year. Mm. So I think they are dangerous. And the tactical nous of Nolan Torua is always going to be dangerous because who knows what they're going to do on Saturday in that semi-final. They could put something out there and you're like, oh, We've not seen this before. And I think that's what England will be worried about, that they, they've not they've not got a, a huge amount of footage of what the Ferns are doing, only only really from this tournament. Yeah, so it could almost throw them a bit. Mm. What what do you think England have to do, Mags, to beat them? I think they need to stick to their plan. Yeah. Do not deviate from it. Don't do anything different to what they've been doing. Yeah, they will be uh, slightly wary of, of New Zealand because coming into this tournament, as we've all said, um, you know, they've, they've not been on form. Mm. But it seems like they've peaked just at the right time. Yeah. And that eighth player in no lean um, is paying dividends for them. But Absolutely. England, stick to the plan. Stick to what you know, girls. Right, moving on to the South Africa-Australia game. Do you think South Africa can take the learnings from their game against England last night and then put them to good use against the Diamonds, Sarah? I think they will be much better on Saturday against Australia. But I think my worry is that South Africa aren't great at chasing games. So they need to make sure that they get a good start. If I think if, if, it, can, if it goes goal for goal, South Africa can hang in there and, and they'll have a chance. If Australia get like a five goal lead or so, I think that game's over. So they, they really need to make sure they get a good start. Absolutely. Well, sorry, your prediction of an England-Australia gold medal match is still on the cards. Mags, obviously, now that Jamaica are out, who do you predict is going to be there? Well, I always said England were going to be there. Now it has to be Australia. Absolutely. Well, thank you for both of you. Sarah, our BBC superstar, thanks for jumping on the phone with us. Thank uh, you. Can't uh, wait Sarah, to get... sorry, sorry to interrupt no, you. Uh, Sarah, can I say you're looking particularly fine on the Ooh. television with your outfits thank and your, you. hair, that, that your is... hairdos? <laughs> Yeah, that is not a short process. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought you woke I up like that. Day, and each day it takes a little bit longer than the makeup lady's like, oh God, big job on you. Well, Sarah, we can't wait to have you back in here next week with us looking like you normally do. <laughs> yeah, looking like a scruff again. Can't do that. <laughs> uh, right, before we let you go though, Sarah, we've got a quick shout out this week's ladies. So uh, I'm going to jump in, go first here. We've been contacted by Della and Declan and Northern Titans who are starting up this year. Uh, it's great to find out that the first men netball team up north so they've asked us to reach out to all the guys who are already involved in netball be that netball dads husbands partners brothers or perhaps any coaches or umpires who'd like the chance to take to the court uh, they're holding their trials on the 3rd of august it's a saturday at all saints catholic college in huddersfield at half 11 they said anyone's welcome to join so if you like what you've seen during the netball world cup and you think you can give it a go then make sure you get yourself along saturday 3rd of august all saints catholic college in huddersfield at half 11 in the morning uh, we'll make sure we share all the details for this on our social media at My Netball Nation. What an incredible opportunity for guys to get involved after hopefully being inspired by the incredible uh, Netball World Cup. Because it is, isn't it? Oh, like, it is. hopefully people, I know loads of people have said to me, look, this is, I think I'm a new fan. This is amazing. Um, so thank you so much to Della and Declan for letting us know about this. We'd love to hear back from you as well to find out how the trials have gone and what your plans are for the upcoming season. So, Sarah, any shout outs? Um... I think really just to everyone who's who's been at World Cup because it's been an awesome atmosphere, dancing in the streets all the time. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, I've just been hearing that clubs and um, have been having so many more inquiries around Netball World Cup, you know, for people joining, for um, people getting involved. So 
keep going you know clubs keep offering those opportunities and, and if anyone is out there who isn't sure about going back to netball or starting netball then you know ring up your local club or whoever's offering netball in your area and just get involved with it absolutely and sarah i think a question that is both on the uh, on the mouths of myself and mags did you manage to carry out your word Oh, oh, oh God, I forgot about that. I, um, I don't <gasps> think so yet, but uh, I will try. Mag, she's too I've big for us now. More days. Uh, too big for us. She forgets where she started. <laughs> still got a few more days, don't worry. So in case you're wondering what we're talking about, of course, Mag's has given Sarah a secret, secret word that she's got to get into her commentary three times. And if you can hear that word and you think you know what it is, get in touch with us at My Netball Nation. Let us know and we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Do you remember the word, Sarah? I do, yeah, I Good. do. It's, it's very easy to remember that one. <laughs> Max, do you have any shout-outs? Um, just having been a spectator at the Netball World Cup, I just want to put a big shout-out to all the volunteers who have stepped up and made it a magical experience for everybody. You know, you could feel your skin tingling when you were sat in that crowd, mm. you know, watching the games. And, and, and finally, this is the last time we're going to get the opportunity to put a big shout-out to Tracy Neville and her coaching team and all our fabulous Roses before they step into the semi-final and the final. We're all here for you guys, rooting for you. Do the bizzle, bring it home. With you every step of the way. Okay, before we love you and leave you, just a reminder that if you've got any questions or you think you know which words Sarah's had to slip into a commentary, please do get in touch. You can tweet us at MyNetballNation or drop us an email to hello at MyNetballNation.com and we'll make sure we cover them in next week's episode. So that's it, the end of another show and just another thank you as well to our sponsors, the brilliant femalefirst.co.uk who aim to empower, inspire and entertain readers with the latest news in entertainment, sports and lifestyle. Again, we couldn't make the show without the support of partners. So a huge, huge thank you to Female First for becoming part of the Netball Nation family. Thank you so much for listening to Netball Nation. To listen to our podcasts, head over to mynetballnation.co.uk and follow us on all the social platforms at mynetballnation. See you next week, girls. Bye now. See ya. Have fun, Sarah. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. This is Netball Nation.